0: Welcome in to to the the Vinyl Vinyl Community Community Podcast. Podcast. Aloha, buddies. Concert buddy. This episode you're about to put eyes and ears on is one I've been looking forward to sharing for some time. I was fortunate to have the opportunity recently to sit down with the one and only Robert Fithin. If you're uh, on YouTube in the Vinyl Community, I'm sure you're familiar with Robert's content. He is... Hands down, one of the best channels to watch out there. And the guy is a musical savant. He knows so much about music, which we'll get into in a second. But the real reason we got together, the Mega Powers, bah, got together was to talk about trolling. And if you have a social media presence, a YouTube channel, Twitter, what have you, you're well-versed in trolling and people coming at you and just being negative. So I talked to Robert about this weird phenomenon that we're kind of inundated with of late. Robert actually works in broadcasting and radio, and he actually was part of a focus group talking about uh, trolling, and actually found some real trolls, (laughs) if you can believe that. So we get into in the conversation, but it's a really kind of a, a really good back and forth talking about what is the motivation for people to just be so ornery and mean? Hey, bud, what's your problem? But anyway, hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'll have all kinds of contact information available in the episode, in the comments, all that good stuff. So, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and let's get into it now, buddies. Hey, it's concert buddy. I'm joined by one of one, Robert Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> There's nobody like you on YouTube, my friend. That's for oh, sure. thanks. How you doing? I, well, thanks. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, the topic at hand, and we'll get into it in a little bit, is trolls and it can go can go a lot of different directions, but the primary focus is I have a YouTube channel, Robert has a YouTube channel. Um, but this is not only applicable to those things, but just people in general, the keyboard gangsters and the people who just want to share their misery with you. but yeah, we'll kind of we'll, we'll we'll lean into that here in a little bit, but kind of kick it off. I've been doing YouTube for a year, but you've been doing it three years, yeah about three, and years around, yeah about three years, yeah, about three years. And I think last time we talked, I think COVID fog or something got me. It, it just feels like you've been doing it longer because you have have a lot more videos. And, you know, some of your videos are massive. Well, I wouldn't say successes, but maybe you would call them successes. I mean, the first video I saw of yours was top 10 records, I guess, by price, according to Discogs.
1: Right. Yeah. For and whatever that, reason, the the YouTube algorithm will just pick certain ones and just i guess put them on people's suggested videos and that was the first one that that happened to
0: yeah and it was so, like yeah. a rocket ship that's the first one i saw and then i think i did a little homework beforehand it's i think it's 386,000 thousand yeah views. and it's, I mean, and
1: it's wild. the f- weird thing about that is is that's one of my least favorite videos because that really doesn't um that's really not who i am you know i'm not somebody who's like look at all the expensive collectible records i have i mean if you look at any any of my other videos that that never is brought up and the only reason I did that one and it was like maybe the third third or fourth video I ever did uh with the vinyl record community with the vinyl community uh I just did it because I didn't I was just getting my feet wet I was trying to figure out what to do and I I saw that everybody else had done that so I'm like oh well I'll do this too and uh that was it but I am I am not the kind that has all kinds of expensive rare I mean sure. I have a few obviously but um, that's like my least favorite video. And of course, that's the one that YouTube picks to throw out at everybody. And they probably see that and go, yeah, this is a jerk that just wants to talk about how collectible his records are. Okay, that's the last video I'm watching of him. So yeah, that's, right. Well,
0: Maybe there's some truth in that, but I think, so right now your sub count's like 10,000. So so clearly, whatever you're doing, there's people that want to watch it or want to watch that video and kind of log in. I'll never forget, and I won't name the channel, but it's a channel that really tries hard at this, this thing. And I remember, and again, I'm not going to name them, but they were kind of pontificating, why can't I get traction? Why can't I get more subs? And they referenced your video, and just shooting from the hip. And, you know, because they put a lot of thought and a lot of effort into the production value. And they're like, look at this guy, he's just doing a top 10 list. And it's got whatever it was at the time. So I I thought it it really cracked me up because I'm like, that you, how you do it, how I do it. That's kind of the way I want to do it. And I think Some I know what vi- what channel
1: it. you're talking about too, because uh, I saw that a long time after it happened, and I'm like, right. what an awful thing to do. Because that guy, if it's the same one, has a lot of subscribers and is yes. a big channel, and was targeting me, this little guy that just started with like four videos. It's like, really?
0: Yeah. Well, so yeah, that,
1: I never that, I never responded to that or, or any. I just was like, yeah, I'm not even going to bother with that. But yeah,
0: it only can happen in reverse. <laughs> Just yeah, like yeah. That, right? <laughs> right. Crazy. Well, obviously, if, if you're watching the video portion of this, you'll see that Robert has an arsenal of, of music options, vinyl, CDs, probably some tapes. I know you, you, it's a jukebox right behind it, right? Yeah, it
1: is a 45 jukebox.
0: That's awesome. Um, how did you like start collecting? Was it like from Jump Street and that's everything you've, you've had over your life or is it through you know like your career in broadcasting they've accumulated a lot of this stuff like what, what was like what your specific journey How No I
1: that? was a weird little kid so right from the get go and I'm talking like 2 or 3 years old with like a close and play record player all I, I was the little kid I did not want action figures I didn't want baseball mm-hmm. mitts I didn't want I wanted records from like literally 2 3 years old I couldn't even read the labels but I knew what records they were um, you know, based on the design of the label, and my mother used to tell that story to people. All that he couldn't read, but he would tell, me, he could tell you what record that was. And uh, yeah, had my clothes in play. I mean, I remember when I got my first stereo when I was seven years old, and uh, all I wanted was records and tapes. And it was the strangest. I mean, looking back, it was kind of. You know, but I mean, I didn't care about v- video games. I didn't care about mm. any of that. St- records and tapes since I've been like two years old, and so I did what most people did. You know, it starts out pre-CD era because we're talking the '70s, late '70s, early '80s, and mm-hmm. uh, had a bunch of records and tapes. And then when CDs came along, did the thing everybody does: trades your records in, get CDs. But I never got rid of a title, so I always made sure that. You know, I, I, and still, it's it, this is the case. I've never actually got rid of like, you know, Brian Adams' Reckless, and just got rid of it. It would be I got rid of Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album after I got the CD.
0: So, okay, so you always had one static in your collection, regardless. Right, of Right. No
1: matter what it was. So a lot of my records, uh, before like maybe I'd say the last five or six years, have been missing like the biggest titles. Because they were all on CD, and so now for the last like five, six, seven—I might be little more like seven or eight years—that's what I've been trying to get the the bigger titles back into my uh, record collection without and and not getting rid of the CDs because I know mm-hmm. as soon as I start getting rid of CDs, here comes the CD Renaissance, <laughs> here comes right. the CD community on YouTube, and so yeah, so want shame on me, right? Right. Yeah, I have eight tracks, eight tracks um, okay. because they were, you know, you just push them into the player. Great for a four-year-old, you know, none of this putting a needle on stuff and <laughs> fingerprints, you know, shove them right in. And so, yeah, I, I t- used to take apart eight tracks and fix them when I was like six. You know, I under somehow understood figured out the technology of the four stereo tracks and knew they had to all be the... same. understood that the, the foil thing went by and changed the... <laughs> it was very strange i was a very strange child
0: you found your musical calling very early
1: yeah i wish i would have like concentrated more on like maybe oh i don't know playing guitar or something instead of just (laughs) playing (laughs) records (laughs) i did play the clarinet for a while in band Uh,
0: in your school did they have those uh, goofy recorders you know like those pieces of plastic it was like a two dollar flute that's that's what they indoctrinated yeah so coming up i grew up in in the country and when we had like, you know, elementary music and they're introducing you to mute, you know, instruments and stuff, the first thing they give you is this little plastic flute called a recorder. And, you know, they're doing like, uh, Mary had a little lamb and all that stuff. I I don't know if I was traumatized or if I was really just jealous because all the kids, the kids with money bought the recorder directly. I had to get the second hand, you know, everyone's mouth had been on it, you know. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, End of no. the school
0: year, I got a 50 cent piece, but i anyway, sorry.
1: I, I um, always know that. I always remember that the class structure. I always say started in kindergarten with the kids who had the 16 Crayola box, the 32 Crayola box, and then the 64 one with the sharpener on the back. They they start right away with these kids have the money. These kids don't. True. Yeah. These kids over here don't even have Crayola. They have the you know the plain label Crayons. Dollar Tree
0: brand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, we just sang. I think in music class. I don't think we had any instruments. The teacher would play the piano, but that would that'd be it.
0: Um, so with all that music and this being drawn to music in early age, do you have like a, a particular lane you're drawn to more than others, like like classic rock or uh, I don't know, psych or any of that kind of stuff, or are you just like an equal opportunity consumer?
1: Uh, just pretty equal as far as uh, different types of rock and and soul music, especially stuff uh, from the last century. Um, what I'm trying to do now is get, it's trying to move my stuff up more to like this century, you know, I still consider something from 2010 to be newer, even though it's like 13 years ago at this point, but yeah, just listening to, uh, you know, for the, for the last, I don't know, 40 something years listening to, you know, the seventies stuff and the eighties and, and whatever, it's a nice nostalgia, you know, kind of escapism nostalgia back to a more innocent time in my life, sure. I guess, and, and then, you know, the 90s stuff growing up and first getting into uh, radio and all of that, so I need to start, um, you know, exploring more of stuff from today, but yeah, that's usually what I'm I'm doing is the 70s and 80s, but that's all over the m- I mean, everything from country, dollar records that nobody else wants, and I know all the album tracks, to disco, to funk, to rock, to psychedelic, and it's just all all over the map.
0: How do you feel about live music? I I know in a recent video, not to spoil for the audience, but I think now you're not really inclined. It takes a lot of effort to get you to a live show. But was that always the case? Or like, when did you first go to like your say first concert? First
1: concert wasn't until I was out of high school. Um really? And so, yeah, I didn't really, uh, I mean, it was, I think, Neil Young, first rock concert. I mean, we, I went with, you know, brothers and sister and her husband to, like, Six Flags to see oh. Oak Ridge Boys, <laughs> right. you know, and stuff yeah. like that. But, I mean, sure. and my first rock concert was, I think, Neil Young. And uh, that was, like, the Harvest Moon thing, like, two years out of high school. So, uh, but I got—I went to so many free concerts, uh, being in radio, that I just got really... I mean, I was going to a concert a week for, like, eight years. Mm. And so um, I got really burnt out on it because... And especially when you're behind the the scenes and you realize what's really going on. You know, yeah. and it's the same damn thing, you know. And so, um, you know, like you said, the, the pandemic hit. And then it's like, uh, you know, I don't really miss this. I don't really miss stadiums and, and big overdone... Things I did do a video about some of my favorite concert experiences, and it turns out a lot of it was backstage stuff, and and mm. you know that kind of thing. As far I, I'm I'm much more into um, produced music. I love the way, like I was saying, that something that sounded like this in 1975 sounds exactly the same today. You know, it's been crystallized, a piece of history. Um, you know, not updated, not changed, not remixed. That's why I'm, sure. I'm not really into the Beatles remixes and all that kind of stuff. I love that. The, the exact exact sound that I'm hearing is the same exact sound that somebody's hearing in Ireland or, you know, uh, Ukraine or just all over the world. No matter if it was today, five years ago, 45 years ago, it's the exact same experience. I th- that's one of my mm. fascinations with uh, music that I kind of developed later on. So, but yeah, live, live music these days, um, I, I would be much happier just walking down uh, Beale Street walking into a blues bar and just whoever's there, you know, I'm much more into that than, okay, St. Louis, are you ready to rock? You know, <laughs> right, our big right, hit. Right. time to go to the bathroom. We're going to do one off the new album, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: now I hear it. No, and so many people are right. past
1: their prime now too. It's like, man, come on. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, not to spill the tea, right? But, you know, they did, they did those uh, Taylor Hawkins shows, you know, a few months ago. And I think the L.A. one had Joe Elliott from Def Leppard singing with Miley Cyrus, to your point. And, and Def Leppard, big band, great career. But man, like, bro, got to hang it up. The voice is like, you know, the voice is gone and that's OK. You had your time. But it, it's it's hard yeah. to watch these guys. You just can't let it go. It's kind of a shame. But And, and in the old days, you lasted 20 years and you were
1: done. I mean, Miley Cyrus would be on her way out now if this was sure. 40 years ago. I mean, you had your your... 10 or 15 year thing and then it was the next generation coming up you know nobody went and saw Chubby Checker in the 70s you know nobody went and saw there were (laughs) a few people but that I mean I remember when the Rolling Stones were playing in 1981 and people were like you know how long are these guys going to be able to pull off this whole star thing and that was 1981 Mm. you know so it's like man (laughs) I just don't I don't want to ruin my old memories either with a bunch of you know
0: no, I I agree yeah. especially these legacy acts like I think it was last year like Motley Crue was touring and you know they had that big pomp and circumstance of we're never touring again they signed the contract in blood in and blood, then a couple yeah. years later yeah a couple years later they rip it up and you know Vince Neil is out there trying not to have a heart attack and it's <laughs> it's rough it's <laughs> yeah it's bad news but to put a bow on it yeah I I think it's a, as I'm getting older that's so I could identify with not wanting to go to concerts I used to love going to concerts loved it in college I'd be at like Mississippi Nights all the time. Right? Yeah, yeah. But but now and even with COVID, like not having live music, not even not having live music available, really stunk. Like we, my wife and I were walking one night. And I don't know why I'm going up on the story. But we were walking one night and our neighbor was playing some like music. And this is a guy in his backyard just jamming, right. And it was te- like a terrible Beatles cover, but it sounded so good, because we had not heard live music. But then once everything started opening back up, and I went, started going to concerts, I'm like, man it's a tuesday night do i really want to you know is, is it really worth the squeeze i still like live music but i, I don't know I, it, something's changed maybe within me or maybe as, maybe as i'm getting older it's just not the same as it used to be but yeah just my experience all right so task at hand going back to the kickoff trolls and we talked kind of a couple times about this and and you have some some data from your from your uh, broadcasting world that you're going to bring to the conversation. But I think if anyone's done anything online, be it YouTube, Twitter, anywhere, you it's, it's unavoidable now, now that it seems like everyone, the confluence of people is just everyone's online. And there's always gonna there's always seems to be this subset of people disenfranchised in their own mind, uh, prisoners of the moment, all these kind of things that are just so overtly negative. And I don't know why I thought, you know, I, I started doing the YouTube thing a year ago. And I don't, I don't know why I was naive. I saw it in the comment section all the time. But I'm like, I'll start a channel. And I'll, I just want to be positive and engage with the community and you know, find other people who are similar music tastes and backgrounds and collectors and all that. And then when I got that first troll, <laughs> it was a slap right in the face because right. like, wow, I didn't even you know, doing and I'll get into that story in a little bit. But obviously, having a channel for three years, channel specific, how, how has the troll situation been for you? I'm sure I, there's got to be people clapping at you all the time. Yeah,
1: be, well, because of the speci- you know, the way that I present my channel, and you know, I'm I'm kind of sarcastic, and I. You know, I have some really strong opinions, and I try to have fun with it. I try to bring sure. humor to it. And there's a lot of people who appreciate that and kind of get it for what it is. I mean, I'm not dishonest. I'm not a, like a shock jock or something like that that's just out there trying to be shocking. and what. I can't stand that stuff. I, I had to work with that, those kind of people. That shit, yeah yeah i'm not a shtick person this is how i am in in real life i just uh it just kind of comes through on video but i have had like running jokes about how overrated like pet sounds and and steely dan asia and all that is and uh, there are people who get it i mean i watch a channel um called as it should be it's like one of my favorite channels where the three people get together and each each week they're just breaking down a year talking about their favorite and least favorite songs uh from that year and um you know, they rip apart some of my favorite songs, but I certainly would never go on there. I have fun with it. I certainly would never go on there and troll them. And I, I heard you talking very briefly on one of your interview videos about trolls. And I just thought that I'm kind of in a unique position because uh, because of my work. We had a, a, an instance there for a month or so where we I was a part of this whole I guess you could call it focus group type thing about internet trolls not specifically vinyl community obviously but just internet trolls because we have a big social media presence radio stations usually do and we were in there with a few other people that are that are have the big internet presence and how do you deal with trolls and um there were actual trolls (laughs) or former trolls that were uh, being interviewed and telling you about their lives and why they would do it and all this kind of stuff and it was really kind of eye-opening some of the main takeaways I had was that you know I think a lot of us are on the internet you know vinyl community specifically uh, for the same reason we're we're all looking for a connection we're all looking I mean I am this is why I do this I I don't do this you know to try to be a celebrity or anything and I'm not selling t-shirts or whatever. I'm just here to make connections and it's been great uh, getting to know people from uh, all over the world. Uh, It's what I've always kind of wanted to, you know, I I love it. You know, I didn't know there was, you know, I knew there were, but it's, it's so great to, to get involved with people who are just like I am and you know, have had this big long obsession with music and all of that and records specifically and all that. But, um, I found out that kind of trolls are the same way. Um, they're looking for a connection, they're looking for feedback, they're looking for discourse, but they, for whatever reason, don't feel that they have anything positive to bring. They feel like they're not interesting enough, or they don't have the time to be interesting or to do interesting things, so they're just going to go for the negative. And um, when I say trolls, I'm not talking about people that are um, uh, you know, giving you constructive criticism or correcting sure. you. When you said something wrong, I'm all about being corrected. I said the Derudy column, and it's the Derudy co- or, or vice versa or whatever. You know, but it's gonna happen. Video. I mean, it's,
0: it's yeah. It's, people make mistakes. Like give some people some grace. It's crazy. And I love the fact that you're.
1: um You know. Now I know. You know. Thanks for correcting me. Because yeah. I mean, growing up pre-internet, if you're a huge music fan, you're probably reading. A lot about it and you never actually hear the name of the group or the sure. or, or the city therefore uh, so yeah correct me if i'm wrong but then that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about people who are just it seems hell bent on right they're miserable they want to make you miserable too and that's kind of the message uh that i wanted to get out there is that you know like you just said you got slapped in the face with your first troll you're like what did i do you well you didn't do anything because it's all about the troll it's mm. not anything about the person getting troll and i i get it that I my, particular channel invites you know uh, an aggressive feedback sometimes but sure. I've seen people I've seen comments on people's channels and they're just basically talking about the new records they bought or whatever they're not right. being like sarcastic or like rude or whatever and just getting trolled up and down and it's just ridiculous so yeah that's my that's my thing I to pass along to people is you don't have to you don't have to deal with just click and delete it's really simple you yeah. don't have to involve yourself in that because that's what they want Unless that's what you want. If you want to duke it out with some random person that's just wanting, (laughs) you know, go right ahead. But yeah, Yeah,
0: I I don't know if it was, you know, maybe it's generationally, maybe it's just manners, maybe it's upbringing, but you know, it's that old adage, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Like there's plenty of times I've seen videos, heard things, what have you go to the movies and movies are straight trash. I didn't rush back home and try to find uh, Martin Scorsese's phone number to call him you know what i mean like, like <laughs> right. there's never there's never been something inside of me that's just been so fired up that i just have to let you know how i vehemently disagreed with whatever you were doing and it, i don't know if it's human nature i mean it's everywhere it's well i mean there's... i
1: don't have a problem with I, I, like i said my channel i'm doing a lot of uh, critique like my last channel one of my latest videos is 10 10 albums that really disappointed me and uh, it's another one of those that YouTube has picked up and blown up. So I think people enjoy me being negative about music more <laughs> than they enjoy me being positive. So I feel like this responsibility to almost be like the... Uh, what's his name? Black. Uh, the guy's last name is oh, Black. Lewis um, Black? Yeah, the Canadian. Lewis Black of the vinyl community, I was called one time. <laughs> which is not who I really want to be. But I mean, um, if people enjoy that, great. I enjoy doing it. But I'm talking about people like that will just... Oh, for For instance... Um, this wasn't on my own channel, so there was nothing I could do about it, but um, there's a guy named Andrew who has a uh, channel called Parlogram Auctions, and he's all about about the Beatles. Mm -hmm. And this guy Mm -hmm. is a Beatles expert, and I love his channel where he does the different pressings and, you know, all over the world Beatles stuff. And uh, he had brought up Rubber Soul and uh, the Beatles album, and he was talking about how this is the first time sitars had been used on a Beatles album. And I've got a quirky little fact that goes with that, that I just thought of myself, I didn't read it anywhere, and so I thought I'd share it in the comments section. I'm like, well, because he's in the UK. And I said, well, actually, American fans were probably less kind of jolted by the sound of sitars on Rubber Soul, because we were introduced to sitars on a Beatles album on the Help soundtrack. Because in the U.S., instead of having 14 Beatles songs, uh, it has like, oh, I don't know, eight Beatles songs. And then a bunch of instrumentals from the movie done by a guy named Ken Thorpe, I think. or Ken Yeah, Ken Thorne or something like that. And they all have sitars on them. As a matter of fact, the, the, the album actually starts uh, before Help the song Help even comes on with this short little intro. And the very first thing you hear is a bunch of sitars going, dew, 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 and then like a James Bond type of thing. And I said, so it probably prepared American fans a little more for what they would hear in Revol- Rubber Soul because we actually got sitars on a Beatles album mm-hmm. before that. Oh, my God. The replies to that. You would have think I was talking about clubbing a seal or something. People just w- Fact. Rubber Soul was the first Beatles album with sitars on it. It's like, that's not a fact, dude. I just explained that. and, and you know, People that don't yeah. know the difference between an opinion and a fact, there's that whole thing. And so it went on and on and on and on. And finally this one guy goes, you know, well, that's just your opinion, dude. And your opinion sucks. <laughs> and I'm just like... So I actually responded to that one. And I said, actually, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. It's not my opinion that there's sitars on the US Help album. It's a fact. And the guy responded, it's also a fact that your mom's a whore, but we don't have to talk about that either, do we? It's like, (laughs) that's the kind of troll I'm talking about. Just, you know, because I brought up a quirky, silly fact about, you know, if my mother's a whore. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. I never will forget my very first Troll. I um, I don't remember what video it was, but I had talked about how I have a lot of David Bowie CDs. But there's, you know, David Bowie's got a lot of releases, so there's obviously holes in the collection. And I'm kind of torn between whether I want to get, because I'm buying records now, whether I want to buy records of the David Bowie albums I don't have, which may not be as good, or I want to maybe you know, get some of the CDs I have on record to have the actual record and everything. Uh, you know, but, hey, David Bowie, you know, if you're going to buy original pressings, that can get expensive. And sure. somebody put, well, maybe you'd have a little more um, money to buy David Bowie albums if you didn't s- blow it all on hair plugs. And I'm
0: like, what? Oh. Um,
1: <laughs> wow. You know, no offense to anybody that has hair plugs right, or toupees right, or weaves. On. If you do you, if that's what makes you feel confident, fine. But I don't have hair plugs and I don't have a toupee. This is I don't dye my hair. This is my real hair. It's mm-hmm. one of those weird things. I'm old, but you know, for whatever reason my hair hasn't gone gray yet. It's probably because I don't have kids. But uh, you know, yeah, that's my real hair. So I just put back yeah, I don't have hair plugs, man. That's my real hair. And it just arguing back and forth. Oh yeah, well the lack of hair on your neck suggests otherwise. I'm like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. So now we got people zooming in on my neck <laughs> and counting the hairs. <laughs>
0: They're looking for moles and they are gonna
1: say yeah. Right, and it was right them. after that that the that the troll thing happened at work. You know where we're doing the thing, and I'm just like, okay, so this guy's just out looking for you know tell. And then I've seen other people that have trolled me, and then I go to like I said, I go to other people's videos, and they're in the comments of their video doing the same thing, twisting around things they've said just so they can argue and just you know trolling. And they didn't even watch the video; they just looked at the thumbnail and decided to leave comments, those are my favorites, the ones that don't even bother watching the video, but just, I put up a trap one time, almost, I guess you could, almost a trap, I mean, I, it's a real video, but I put, I made a video called, um, you know, album covers that true, truly or what was it was, album something, maybe it was album covers, that are truly offensive to me, and, um, If you watch the video, I'm basically talking about the bastardization of album covers from record companies. Like when they'll change the cover or they'll put misleading information on it. Like, uh, for instance, the Ozzy Osbourne was the first one I mentioned. Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz, where on the back of the CD, it makes out like it's the classic 1981 album and blah, blah, blah. And you play it and it's not. The drum and bass have been replaced. They've Mm -hmm. taken out the original drum and bass uh, parts and replace them. This is all a Sharon Osbourne thing. Not a big okay. fan of hers, and um, that's what's offensive. It's nothing like an upside down pentagram or naked people or, or whatever. And those are the things that offend me on album covers. When the CDs were coming out, uh, MCA was really bad at this, and you'd get the back cover, the front cover, and you'd open it up, and it would be blank, blank on the inside. You just paid, you know, eighteen dollars for this, and they can't even bother to put the gatefold artwork in there or any kind of text or what stuff sure. like that. Um, artwork that mentions nothing about the fact that these are re-recordings and not the original versions that you want. Stuff like that was what the whole video was about. And I got so many comments about, well, pussy, if you're so offended, you shouldn't buy it then. It's like, that's uh, totally not what the video's about. You didn't <laughs> even watch it. You are commenting based on a thumbnail. Do you just drive by restaurants and smell the food and start going on Yelp talking about right. how you hate the restaurant? Do you, do, you, do you critique movies based on the trailer? It's like
0: so yeah, there's all types, but what's well, funny, you mentioned Yelp. Cause I think that's honestly, there's a lot of variables to this. Right. But I think media thing, everyone look at me, everyone, I have an opinion and it matters, but like Yelp is, is, is just as guilty of this because it gave everyone a forum to, and reward you to either praise, take a shit on a restaurant, what have you. And then if you did it enough, you became a, a super Yelper. I forget what the term is now. Yeah. So you were rewarded. For such clandestine behavior, that it's it's wild. But um, going back to that focus group you were involved with, so you said that there were some self-professed trolls involved. Which yeah, it's fascinating that it, it, people were just like, "Yeah, I troll." I mean, what kind of <laughs> feedback did they say? Like, what was their call to action? Like, what motivated them to? Well, to just... well they were
1: they were former trolls. And oh, they were yeah, re- they they were being okay. very honest. <laughs> they were like the one woman was like, "I um, had lost my job." so I didn't have anything to do, I was mad at the world, and so I just sat around all day, and I wanted to make other people upset. I I was miserable, I wanted to make other people miserable. And I didn't even believe 85% of what I was doing I just wanted to upset people if and and the better I saw you know the material was the better the person was the better their presentation or whatever was the worse I trolled them because if they were up this high that was just that much more I wanted to knock them down to you know the level of misery that I was on and it's just like when you hear something like that coming out of right out of somebody's mouth right there um, in the room and then you see some go home and you see it on your own th- and it's like okay well I'm not wasting my time with this click done you know mm-hmm. there are people that will say um that will get into arguments thinking that they can win an argument it's like when you've given that energy to the, that's all they're looking for they're yes, just looking yes. for your energy you're not going and to like suck the well, energy I, out of you. i got them i used to you know, comment back on some of them just for the benefit of other people reading the comments. So they think they were funny, but I don't even do that anymore. Now I'm just I like you said. I've got like all these subscribers, so I'm I'm more, I'm just focused now on people that actually have something real to say, and you know I'll, I'll I'll try to make a connection back and forth with them. But the troll people that are just like, I'm upset because of whatever and. Today's your day, or or this 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 fifteen minutes is yours. So I'm just gonna, mm. you know, type type type, and y- your mother's a whore. You know, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> oh, well, because I literally gave a fact about
0: a Beatles album. <laughs> I mean, you can't win for losing. But that. yeah, I, uh,
1: and then women too. Uh, this is vinyl community specific. That whole thing we had a few years ago. Sure. Where you know, there's only a few women that that are that do this that make videos. Uh, showing records and whatever and you know guys get some guys get so upset yes, because they that. have all of these subscribers. That's going to happen There's of nothing course. you can do about that if if you're in a male-dominated thing and and women come in there and they're pretty and they're, they're Pleasant and everything they're going to get people that subscribe to them of just course. because they won't watch those videos I mean making some video calling them whores and yeah. and, and all that stuff. That's not going to change anything and for every kind of like free subscriber they get from that they've got to put up with a lot of nonsense too I mean I used to know women you know I know women that work in radio but I used to also know some women that worked in TV and it's even worse these these female newscasters mm. that I mean some of them were so skilled and so top-notch at what they did and whatever and still you know they could put on the best newscast and the best really knock it out of the park sure go back to their desk open their email and it's like i love the red pumps you were wearing today was, i know i noticed you uncrossed your legs when you said commonsville Was that a sign for me so they do you know the, those as many as those subscribers they do have to put up with a lot of nonsense too that i think a lot of guys don't have to put up with so i mean there's it, they got you know they take the good with the bad you know so there's no if somebody wants to give them a few free records or something You don't have to make some video with your little pack of He Man woman haters. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that was going on a few years ago, too. It's like, come on.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. Um, So I've never told this story before, but I figured since we're talking trolls, and it's probably the only time I'm going to say it publicly, but when I started the YouTube, I kind of kicked off with this. I got that first troll. And it was very innocuous. It, It just kind of, I did a video talking about record store day. And I think it was it was last record store day in the spring where they had the Taylor Swift seven inch, right? So my video was just going through the record store day list and I was just doing a voiceover and I made a joke about, you know, oh here's this Taylor Swift seven inch. There's gonna be a lot of young girls there, You're gonna have to sharpen those elbows and, and give you some space digging in the bins. That's a bad joke, if anything. I, I, I can own up to a bad joke.
1: Yeah, that's a light compared to what I do on my channel. <laughs> well
0: well I know yeah, right. <laughs> but that's all it was, it was a throwaway gentleman who commented and, and basically said he was very displeased. I don't want to give him air. But basically, it was like, well, your name's Concert Buddy. That doesn't sound like anybody I'd want to deal with. Okay. So, I I thought maybe my approach is just kill him with kindness and be like, hey, is this a joke? Sorry, it, it didn't land. Yeah, I'll do better, right? A video or two later, I, fr- I don't even remember what it was. It was just, I may have said something wrong. I pronounced something like we were talking about earlier. Same gentleman oh, you're, you're the worst, blah, blah, blah. And at this time, this gentleman was using his government name, his real name. So I, so that's so why I stuck out. I was like, Oh, yeah, this is the guy that clapped at me before. So then another video, you know, it's the same guy, except now I've noticed it's they've changed their name. So now they're hiding under the cloak of anonymity. And the only reason I know it's the same person because I'm only getting one person consistently <laughs> critiquing what I'm doing. Right. And, and so they, they, they gave themselves the pseudonym name. And I just didn't get it. It didn't make any sense. So finally, it, it triggered me. It did that. I got so mad that I clapped back and just you know because you know you could, after a while you're just you're fed up with it. And as soon as I hit send, I was like, oh, I regretted it because I'm like, it's exactly what I said. I gave energy to that person, and I was like, you know what? This. So I ended up blocking him. I was like, you know what? Just need to block it. I talked to my wife, and she's like, block it. Be done with it. So I block it, and then I was like, you know what? I don't want to restrict free speech, I want people to feel like they can talk. And, and even if it's constructive criticism, I've got to leave it out there. So i unblocked this guy. But I, I guess when you block him, it takes away the comments or whatever. Well, here, here he comes again, you know, another video, another comment, how I'm the worst person in the world. So then I, I was like, you know, I just for my own sanity. And for my audience, I'm just gonna block this because like you said, people can see these exchanges. And yeah, comments, right. right. So I think I'm done with it. Well, what's interesting is that then I I don't know. I was like spinning on it one night. I was like, why does this guy's deal with me? And you know, it's interesting is, you know, those first couple comments, they would come to like my email. So I had like the receipts of what they said and that's how I knew this fellow had changed his name. So the abbreviated version of the story is I was talking to a record store owner, friend of mine and we were kind of talking just generally and I was telling him this troll story and, and uh, you know, this kind of matter of fact, like, and then I was going to go to another shop across town, and I uh, said, "Hey, I'll be right back. I'm gonna, you know, you're busy. I'm gonna come back." And I said, "I'm going to X store," and my friend got a real weird look on his face. And I went over to that store, and then I came back, and and I was like, "Hey, you know, when I said I was going to that store, is it because it's a competitor? Like, what's going on there?" And this isn't my story to tell this piece of it, but basically, the other shop I went to had been like trolling and trying to tear down their business, and you know, doing all this online nonsense. And so yeah. it, re- it really, yeah. yeah I'm remembering we're in the same area, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you, you might you might know what I'm talking about. So, the long and the short of it is, you know, I went home and I was really spinning, and I, they they gave me the name of that owner this in passing. And they said the owner's name is X. So I was like, man, that name sounds really familiar. So I went back to my email, and I found out that the guy who was trolling me had the same name, and I'm like, well, hang on a second. So then i started putting all the pieces together and i'm like well i was i spoke very favorably with my friend shop in a couple of videos and all that stuff so the long and the short of it is that was who my troll was i, I literally sherlock wow. holmes did to figure out and, and i don't think i did anything it was just like association with my friend shop so i've blocked this person at this point i made a video and i just kind of made a joke about you know I've, I was kind of inviting, it, I'm gonna be honest, but I basically said like, Hey, I know not everyone likes these videos. and I have, you know, one person in particularly doesn't like this video. And I kind of mentioned their little anonymous name under my breath. In that video, this person now has another account. And they were so smart, they called it their you know anonymous name version 2.0. And they're like, Hey, I'm here.
1: <laughs> Again, people just looking for a connection and that they feel like for whatever reason, that's the only way they can get it is with this this kind of stuff. Crazy. You
0: know? So, so I, I didn't even mess with it. I just blocked it right away. But like clockwork, so I, I release my videos on Sundays by Monday morning, which is this shop owner's day off. By the way, I know this much. I always have one dislike on every single video. Sometimes I have two. Some you know people generally maybe don't like the content. But right, like clockwork, and I I know it's him, and it's you know what, hey man, if that's I've got the same that,
1: thing. I've got three. And it's like they come up like one of them is like right when the video is released. Like somebody's literally got their um, notifications on me just so they can give me a thumbs down. It's like this is the person that has nothing to do but sit there all day and troll people. And it's just it's pitiful. And and I had the same kind of thing happen to me one time where this guy had several accounts and you could just tell it's the same person mm-hmm. because they're saying they're using the same kind of words and the same, you know, and it's very generic stuff like I said. It's not constructive criticism, it's not, you know, oh, you you made a mistake about this. It's blatant trolling. And um, I, I, I responded to him once and said, this is the only attention I'm going to give you. And, you know, then didn't, didn't give him any more. I would just bl- block the or delete the thing or whatever. And then he comes in with a new one and a new one. And what changed my mind uh, most recently, and it was just a month and a half ago. It's how recent this was about I'm not doing any more responses to trolls. Is this guy trolled me on like, his fifth account on the night of Christmas Eve. Oh, and I'm just like, man, man, you know, that's sad. That's sad. You know, and I don't know. I'm not really a religious person, but there's that there's that saying by the grace of God, you know, go out. Any of us can have our lives turned upside down in a heartbeat, you know, some kind of tragedy. I don't know what this is going on in this guy's life. I don't know what kind of tragedy happened or if something happened or, or what. But that's when I'm like policy now is just delete. And or block or whatever. And YouTube, I don't know who designed that block user thing on YouTube, but they uh, they've <laughs> they're funny because when you block somebody on YouTube I found out, they don't know that you've blocked them unless they go and sign into another account oh, and, and like look up their comment. So they could be typing away for twenty more comments <laughs> and have no idea. That they're yeah, the only one it. that's seeing it. You're not even seeing it. Your 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 uh, viewers aren't seeing it. No one is seeing this but them, and they don't even know. It's like the same thing happens in a chat. Like if you've been blocked from a chat, you don't know it unless you're you've signed in as somebody else and say, "Hey, wait a minute. None of my stuff is showing up because you can still see the comment." And yeah. so it's like, man, that's somebody's at master level at YouTube. Or designing the block user thing <laughs> like that where they don't they're out there talking to the wind you know probably typing sentence after sentence right and it's like which side would you rather be on the the troll that's sitting there trying to be all clever typing it or the guy that goes drop down click delete, <laughs> delete yeah. two clicks yeah. a drop down and a click and they're done you know so and if you block them you don't even have to do that but I just think that's hilarious that they don't even realize you know, they don't get a notification (laughs) when they try to leave a comment. They just think that they're leaving all these comments and no one is seeing them. Not even you, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the ultimate right there. But yeah, that Christmas Eve thing really just was like, you know, this isn't even fun. This isn't even, this is sad,
0: you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, I don't want to keep it too long. I know I I could, I could talk about this stuff for a long time, but I do want to uh, ask you a couple lightning round questions and I'll, I'll send you on your way if you don't mind. Uh, Going back to collecting. Let's get back to the positive. Let's talk about yes. let's talk about the fun stuff. <laughs> um, so you've been collecting your whole life. Like what's what was the most rewarding find that you it could be C D, record, whatever. Like what was the thing that you're like, man, I'm so happy I, I, I found this eventually.
1: Oh wow. Um I don't know. I could do the one the most uh Regretful uh, one that um, sure. my mother used to get a lot of, you know, get a lot of stuff at garage sale. That's how I, uh, you know, I curated my collection early on as a little kid was just 45s mm-hmm. from a garage sale and my and albums and whatever. And uh, my mom, uh, you know, was about the Beatles or whatever. So occasionally she would go, you know, without me or whatever, but she would know that if she saw records in there, is there any Beatles records in there? And the, and the woman one time told her, um, yeah, there's a couple in there and showed her what they were. And you know, there was a Rubber Soul and I still have it. The rubber, That's my Rubber Soul is, uh, uh, she got me a Rubber Soul. And then this other one that, um, it had a real tattered beat up cover. It was all ripped apart and it had a different record in it that wasn't even the Beatles when I got it home. And um, she gave her that one for free. You know, she's like, oh, yeah, you can just take that for free. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he'll want it, whatever. And I got it and I had it for a little while, but it was all ripped up and and it didn't have the right record in it. So I I did something I never really do and just kind of ended up throwing it away Butcher Sleeve. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So, yeah. And the reason it was all torn up is because somebody had that pulled, gap, the, uh, pulled you know, the original oh, off of there and whatever, but
0: I had no oh. idea what it was. And I
1: thought, I, I'll just get this later on in a real, you know, a better condition with an actual record in it. And uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's, that's painful. That's painful to hear, Robert. That's painful. Yeah, um, I think I was probably like 10 when that happened only record i've ever thrown away never did another throw away again
0: <laughs> uh, it's quite a legacy quite a legacy yeah. there um, so when it comes to collecting and, and maybe you don't fall on either side what bothers you more seam splits or corner dings
1: um i would say probably seam splits even though i do have a uh, a handy way to fix those it's called easy. <laughs> Those are great, those, yeah. Those work, yeah. But yeah, the seam splits because then it's all you know. But I mean, those are easier to repair than corner dings. So I guess I can't stand cut corners, is what I can't stand. Mm,
0: yeah, I don't, sure.
1: I don't like those because it's missing. Then you can't do anything to it, and everybody knows it came out of the dollar bin. <laughs>
0: you know that kind of thing. Probably <laughs> yeah. a
1: fifth pressing or something.
0: What uh? What would you say is your biggest pet peeve in the hobby? Like I, I think I know this because I know you did a video talking about keeping records behind the jackets. Now maybe you've come around cuz I, I cuz that video is a few months ago but it, is that or is there another thing that's just like your biggest pet peeve? Like why why are people so hung up on this?
1: Um no, I don't think that's a pet peeve cuz that's just something other people do. I don't I don't do that. My biggest pet peeve is the the pricing, you know, of of mm. you know, like I did the whole video on the Memphis antique malls and oh, yeah. um, I have it here. I get it. You you price to sell, and the consumer sets the price, and if people are willing to pay, whatever. But I'm talking, you know, like in that video, I'm talking just beat to hell, moldy records you probably right. wouldn't even want in your house because you don't want that mold in your house going for 50 You know, they're trying to sell it for $50. And people that don't know what stuff is worth, and they're just sky ridiculous prices. People on Discogs, you know, people will say, oh, well, people are just, just looking at the highest price on Discogs and selling, trying to sell records at that. They're, they're selling them higher than the highest mm-hmm. price on Discogs. And the highest price on Discogs probably means it was sealed or autographed or, you know, and, and no, my, I see the highest price here. I'm going to sell it for $20 more. It's like, no, that's not how. <laughs> so Disc, it wouldn't sell worldwide for that price. But right. you think in this little shop here that only serves a small area, somebody's going to pay $20 more than the highest price somebody's paid worldwide. Okay, that makes sense. So that's it's insane. probably that. Because, it, I mean, if I've I, I been collecting for so long, I remember the days, and and it's frustrating, because I would love a time machine for an hour, you know? I remember the days when you could walk in and, you know, buy all kinds of stuff for, you know, $5 and, and whatever, and that was what was so fun about it, you know? You got all these treasures, and you could find, oh my god, I can't believe I found this. And right. that's why when you asked your first question, I was like, I don't remember the last time I really, oh my mm-hmm. god, I can't believe it, because that doesn't happen anymore. Because everybody's on discogs and everybody's, you know,
0: Uh, that you Memphis video actually inspired this next one. Um, So like a lot of us travel, right, go to other places. Personally, I think our our record scene in Metro St. Louis is actually sneaky good. That's my opinion. I think we have some really good shops here. So I always am envious when I travel and I find another good shop. So in your travels, is there a shop that sticks out? It's like, yeah, that's probably the best out of state shop I've been to.
1: Um, I haven't been to a lot. Um, I used to go all the time. Uh, But what I do now is mostly antique malls and stuff. But Goner Records in Memphis is pretty Memphis, yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Nice. And then last one, Robert, we're here. This is the finish line, sir. Uh, And I think I know his answer, because I think you already touched on it, but I still like the question. Do you prefer an original or a good remastered reissue, like a modern reissue?
1: Um, An original, I think, because um, I don't have too many reissues, but I love... you know everybody has different reasons for collecting records and whatever and one of mine is i love the the history you know i love that this record has been in somebody else's collection or maybe three or four or five different people's collections or it's from a time you know it's it's not a a replica it's not a reproduction it's actually uh, a piece of history you know and it's it's not somebody trying to or duplicate some kind of thing. And then let's make sure we don't put the UPS or UPC symbol on there because that's too new. And to, this is the real deal. And I will put up with a couple of, uh, pops and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, plus a lot of the reissues I've got, aren't really that incredible sounding from what, I, I mean, there's some that I'm just horrible. Like, uh, yeah. I got an Aerosmith, uh, permanent vacation and a black crow shaker your moneymaker that are both just oh, terrible yeah, re- sounding.
0: Yeah. That black rose is not good. I've heard that
1: one. But, um, you know, yeah, the the original, definitely. It's too bad, you know, they're all so incredibly <laughs> expensive <laughs> now and whatever,
0: but yeah. yeah, true That's story. probably why yeah. I
1: don't get that much into Record Store Day a lot, because I just, you know, I prefer the old used uh, originals.
0: I'm like you. I, that's what drew me to the hobby, is exactly what you're talking about, is, uh, you know, to say another person's trash is another person's treasure. Not to yeah. that extent, but, you know, just finding these things, like originals, like I've always been drawn to the originals. Um And that's what drew me in to begin with is taking something that someone discarded or was ready to move on and then giving it new life. Yeah. And I've got that ever
1: since I got my, um, ultrasonic cleaner, it's been like a a life changing thing because I haven't bought hardly any records in the last year because I've been going through and systematically cleaning, uh, you know old right rec- and it really some of them just really like you said just brought them back to life awesome. give them new life you know and just uh yeah so that's been a, a great find i would suggest that to uh, anybody that has a bigger record collection of older records that they got at flea markets or whatever is try to get a a nice old not not where i don't have a four thousand. i have a humming guru which is like no, 400 but, it, but yeah
0: it does it does a deal yeah man I yeah well robert finish line is here i want to thank you for taking the time uh Really enjoyed the conversation. Like I said, I could yeah. man, I could talk about this troll stuff till the, till the cows come home. But you know, the takeaway is
1: just you know it's not about you. It's about them, and you know it's real easy just to go click delete and move on with your day. You know, uh, spend your I time on to... the people who want to have a nice, you know, and uh, you know interchange. Even if they're correcting you or whatever, I mean that's better than just hey you suck. Your mom's a whore. You know. <laughs>
0: Well, I haven't had that one yet, but I always try to, you know, one of those rules. Don't be a dick. You dick. You can find Robert on YouTube. Uh, his channel is literally under his name, Robert and Great channel. Yeah. Check him out. It's always worth a watch. Robert, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you.
1: And that was another trip around the turntable. Thanks for listening to Vinyl Community
0: Podcasts.